0: So crazy bear story always gets my attention.
1: Yeah. I got one and uh me and my dog was on a solo hunt. my dog Deets was on a solo hunt in Idaho. We was camped out on the Snake River in a tent. and had a pretty successful day up there trucker hunting, killed a few California quail also. And uh that night we was uh we was asleep in the tent and bright full moon full moon night and uh my Deets gets up and in the night, and so starts barking, you know. And he had done that in nights before. Some mule deer was kind of coming close to the uh, to our tent. He could hear him. He'd just have a little bark, you know. Nothing, I could tell it was nothing serious to be worried about. But this bark was sure. different. I mean, this he had he was barking with intent. You know, something was going on. Like, and he just, you know, I turned my headlight on, and hair standing up on his neck. I'm like, what the crap? So I stick my head out of the tent, and uh, I could see the silhouette of this black bear coming straight towards us i'm like oh, oh hey you know so i'm trying to get everything get my headlight you know don't know really what to do and it's, everything's like time just slowed down and he's is losing his mind at this point point. and i get out and i'm just in my white hanes long johns and a t-shirt and i've got my flashlight and i'm haul- waving my hands hey bear hey bear and he just keeps coming towards <laughs> us and uh he gets about 25 yards from us and he's just you know Deets is just still losing his mind. I had him. I'm holding on to his collar, and uh, he that bear just starts getting up and jumping on its front two feet. And, Whoo! Oh
0: Whoo! yeah! Whoo!
1: And I like every time he woofed, like it it hit you in the chest, and you know, it felt like you could feel the dang earth shaking. Yeah, right. Was, the reverberation. Paws. Yeah, man. Like it was, it was getting intense. You know, or serious. And he just, it seemed like it just went on forever. Him doing that, and I'm hollering, "Hey bear, hey bear!" And he, you know, kind of comes comes closer and just, Ooh, just, Ooh. and I think if I wouldn't have had a dog, like that, this bear probably would have just moseyed on through. You know, Deets yeah. could smell him or hear him, so he's he's being protective or or whatever, and just really making matters worse in the end. But uh, all that's going on, he comes closer, and I knew I have a Glock nine millimeter in in the tent, and I, I reach in there and. uh, he, he stands like I'm holding it. I don't want to shoot the, shoot at this sucker because I didn't think a nine yeah. mm would do the trick. And that bear just keeps coming. He gets probably in about twenty yards from us. And he stands up on his front two or his back two feet and just standing up and kind of waving his his paw at us. And really, you know, that, yeah. And he he gets back down and I just shoot. I shoot at the ground a couple of times and he just turns around and moseyed on off. And it was. You're almost
0: night. an outdoor life cover, almost, was,
1: almost. <laughs> I, that's exactly what went through my mind. It's like they're going to talk about this on the meat eater podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to read about you in the paper.
1: Yeah, I'll never read it, but everybody else will.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks for the entertainment. Yeah. Well, and you know, just so people know who you are, we got Branson Shelton with us again, and hey, your dog is not a not a hound. You had your bird dogs with you, right? And they they weren't intimidated at all, huh?
1: No, I only had at this time, I only had one bird dog, but he wasn't intimidated at all. Like I said, and to me, like whenever I describe my dog, Deets, you know, he's you know, had stood steadfast in in front of a bear. You know, he's pointed dog, birds for me, he's trailed deer for me, in sheds, you know, the, just the ultimate hound dog or ultimate
0: dog for me, right? Well, a real utility dog because, like you were saying, yeah. you do. Blood trailing with them, you do mm-hmm. shed hunting with them, birds, I mean, all kinds of stuff, which is really cool. I mean that's my wife, family's all from Europe, and that's kind of over there. you know that's the big deal. it's fur, it's mm-hmm. feather, it's it's everything. Right. and I know the one thing I'd like to really touch on because we've talked about this a little bit in the last podcast was the, the blood trailing <laughs> side of things, mm-hmm. and uh you know switching them over from feather game to something totally, I would assume, totally different. You know, there's dedicated mm-hmm. dogs to blood trailing. Those guys right. take it extremely serious.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, those so, guys, they travel just doing that.
0: Yeah. So how did that start for you? Was it just a, a necessity for yourself, or did you have other people that were trying to get a hold of you to help trail? and? Just a necessity for
1: myself, yeah. Um. You know, I, I had the dogs, and I want to be able to use them for as much as I possibly can be, in my mind hunting and being able to use dogs in the hunt any way that I can makes me a more effective and efficient hunter. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the times it's unfortunate, but your shot might miss its mark a little bit. You know, it might, it the deer might expire, you know? Yeah. The more you hunt, the more, the more it's going to happen. You more know, opportunity. Yeah, to go more on. opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I've had dogs in the past. I just had it natural, but you know, these dogs, I, I felt like they had the nose for it. But I kind of needed to, to steer them into the right direction for it. And so I started out at a young age working with them, and, uh, just to be able to use them. And I, every easy track, I tried to use them. Hard track, try to use them. You know, just kind of give them everything. And no matter right. what, I might I might see the deer expire myself, but I'm still going to go get my dog. Yeah, give them the opportunity for it. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, the first question that pops into my mind is you're taking a dog that you've probably had to break off of some kind of game, right? Like rabbits or or whatever.
1: Mainly rabbits, yeah.
0: So do you you see an issue once you start blood trailing them where they have a tendency to want to track deer on their own? Or is it like they had enough of a root in bird hunting that they know that something is different. Like this is not they, normal job. This is night job stuff.
1: Yeah. They, they know there is a small gray area during the transition where they're got, they sure. got to figure it out what we're doing. And I mainly see it while I'm bird hunting. You uh, trying to make sure that their attention is on the bird Mm man scent and so i got to keep a close eye on them if we're seeing rabbits run out you know or or a deer track or something like that i gotta make sure to call them off of them like hey like this is what's good this is what we're after and it normally takes the first point and bird down for us to get it
0: and then they just lock on and they're
1: yep yep. everything clicks and that's that's the job that we're doing today okay you know let's go
0: that's so cool so as far as you know, you said natural ability. Did most of your dogs do it pretty naturally, or?
1: Well, I wouldn't say. Na- I say the natural ability is just their their use of nose. I think bird dogs or all dogs have an outstanding sense of smell, but um, they just got to know how to use it and you yeah. know, how to use it for what I'm wanting them to do.
0: So, how would you, how would you start introducing a dog to that without? I mean, I guess my biggest fear would be like unraveling all the work that you put in in the future mm-hmm. like when we switched over from running one game to another and breaking you mm-hmm. know i had dogs that just crumbled under that pressure mm-hmm. like oh well if i'm not supposed to do this anymore why would i do this kind of deal it what's the transition like
1: so like i said there is a gray area where that we got kind of have to figure it out and a lot of times when when i'm working them on, on a scent trail i have them on a leash a long lead and i can mm-hmm i can pull them in reel them back in like you know and really make them slow down because on the blood trail that i need them to work really slow and methodic you know make mm-hmm. sure they're not missing any trek and when they're out there bird hunting we, they know to, they can range out and do whatever they want to do basically until so, as long as i can see them
0: so do you do your blood trail and all on lead then like a long line
1: yeah i try to there's times whenever they start um They start losing interest. And if I can, if I know the laws, like some, some state laws require you to always have that dog on lead, Mm -hmm. uh, at least a 25 foot check cord.
0: Yeah. And I can see that like, that's a mental switch for a dog Mm -hmm. too, though, I think changing jobs because when we were showing, you know, we showed our blue dogs for a lot of years, they knew when you put the show collar on, it was time to look pretty. I mean, that's the only way to put it. They knew, you know, it was head up. It was you know, prancing around and then you go to the woods and it's different ball game. But like that collar was the switch. Same with our hunting collars. You know, those dogs hear collars jingling. They get jacked up. They know what's going on. Oh, yeah. So I guess that gives me a little more perspective. I could see how that, you know, just having a long line attached. Yeah. Changes the mindset of that dog.
1: Kind of talking about their mindset, seeing that show collar, getting it on. A lot of it also like where I'm at, where we're deer hunting is wooded. And they know for the most part, if we're in some thick woods, uh, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to work this cover like this. I think they kind of have that it figured sense. out like that naturally. And they just kind of learned that themselves.
0: Well, historically I know like uh, the tree and Walker history by Lester Nance. I picked up a bunch of those years back from his grandson, Trent, and we sold them here at W until we ran out, mm-hmm. but they were talking about, you know, going out and running a, a coon at this time and running a, fox at this time Mm. you know like the dog just kind of naturally knew so it's like you hear those stories but you don't hear much of that anymore you know Uh guys are you know maybe switching game you know a guy running bear and running lions or running bobcat but not switching from feather to fur and you know that's really kind of a cool deal
1: yeah I i think every dog every bird dog, I think would be able to do it because they all have a pretty good nose on them. I think it yeah. just takes the time to train them towards it. And if that's what you want your dog to do.
0: So what I, do you I think, what do? you do Like to start them, introduce them. I mean, are you laying blood trails yourself?
1: No. Uh, the first thing that I do is, you know, the better the quicker you can start them on it, the better. But if you have an adult dog, I still feel like you're able to train this into them. So I take a, a handful of kibble just like maybe uh, not even a full handful just a few pieces in some thick grass and i'll make a little pile in it and i'll I'll pull him over and i'll I'll tap on the ground track track track
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or look you know you pick out your command that you want want to use and that's in the end goal of that is whenever i tap on the ground i have you over their head instantly yeah exactly So now I'm able to tap on the ground. That dog's over there, nose to the ground. As soon as I say yeah. it, and they're and they're going to pick it up. After that, I, I take a uh, a hot dog weenie on a piece of string, and I'll start dragging that hot dog. And don't have a lot of smell, but it does have a smell. Sure. And that I'll take it a few yards. I'll pinch off a piece, and I'll I'll take the heel of my boot and smash it in the dirt. And I do that, you know, just for about I don't know twenty. 20 yards, maybe a real short track and then just let them work that, you know, they're going to, in doing that, it's going to be real slow. And sure. if you have to have a leash on them, you know, make, make them work it slow, hold them back, make, you know, cause you don't, they will try to overrun it. A lot of times oh, yeah. these dogs have a, have a nose that's so strong that they're going to run straight towards it. Um, Makes sense. A, a lot of times you have to do that with the wind blowing at your back to make sure that they can't smell the, defer blood or whatever downwind from them or upwind from them uh, to make, making sure that they work slow. Uh, and then after that, if I do have some blood, which I, I try to keep some on hand in my through deer hunting, but I'll take a, take a plastic water bottle with some blood and I'll just make a small.
0: Hole in the little, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, just squirt out a little bit of blood and I'll, I'll start out making an easy track. It'll be like, just almost like a water faucet of blood all the Mm -hmm. way to a piece of fur or some, some meat. Whenever I'm processing my deer, I try to keep some of the trimmings and stuff like that for when I do a blood trail, they have something there at the end of it to hold them. Sure. Uh, And then from there I do the same thing, but I'll try to mimic a sparse blood trail. So I'll squirt some out, drag a hide, squirt some out drag hide or just maybe not if i don't have a hide i'll just kind of squirt some out every now and then and let the let the dog you know find it naturally because a lot of the times depending on the how the deer is hit um gonna dictate what type of blood trail that you have oh yeah yeah so i do have a a tanned piece of hide that i use for the at the end of it you know you don't have to have that if you do have something that will, will will hold the dog is is great, but if not, I mean, it's definitely it's still doable. You can just, I think, the biggest thing is just teaching that dog to follow that track and using its nose slowly and making sure that if it's if a dog is walking and working, it needs to have its nose to the ground a hundred percent of the time, because in blood trailing deer even if there is not no blood trail whatsoever, there is a gland at the bottom of that deer's hoof. And I believe I was just going to say that
0: because there was a a Facebook post going around real recently and it was showing that gland. It's funny. It's like right in between the hooves on the top of the top of the foot. And it's an individual smell. Like, you know, each deer has its own smell. So I was going to wonder, you know, if it's, in those periods of like, let's say, I mean, we've all trailed a deer mm-hmm. where, you know, you got blood here and you might have 20, 30, 40 yards before you have another drop of blood. Mm-hmm. Are they, are they tracking the scent then like the gland scent in between to get them yep. there?
1: Right. If, as long as you can find a track and that's one of the hardest parts, we have to help the dog out prior to getting them on it. Cause the last thing that you want to do is be out there tromping right. through the woods and putting out your own scent and covering up what the, what the deer scent is. But yeah, they do have that gland and that's going to help you out. And the, as like if you can find a track, you know, call them over, give them that track command, get their nose on the ground and they're going to continue yeah. on. You know, we, we was able to find a few deer this year for some people. Uh, we, was, we found one that was 16 hours old. We found one that was over 24 hours old. Oh, wow. And it's, it's very impressive. I, mean, I was, I was really proud of them. And no kidding. Uh, yeah. And yeah. knowing, and it a lot of it is too like as a hunter, you need to know your shot placement. Well, once you once you hit the deer, it helps me out knowing where you hit it and you mm-hmm. know, which way direction it went. and What you know, you it's helping me be a better outdoorsman and learning like what the blood trails looking like on the ground. Like, okay, this this is looking like a liver hit deer, or it's mm-hmm. looking like you know, this is a heart shot, or this is a lung shot. There's
0: gonna be a short trail, is yeah. You know, and yeah. do you? When you're doing that, are you taking just one dog with you?
1: Yep. Yeah, just uh, I, this year I did use two at one time on the uh, on the 24 hour track. I used two, and I knew I was able to have them off lead, so I used them. Uh, we found we found some blood, got into a thicket, and I turned two dogs out just to, you know have us run out there. I was really I knew the deer was was poorly hit, mm-hmm. and I was really hoping at that time you know with 24 hours that they can catch some smell from the uh, the deer being upwind of us. And it worked out. We well, we found some blood, but then next thing I know, like I get a, a command off my tracking system that they was on it. And that's where it helps out having a dog that will stay there. And that's like what I was saying, to have some of the meat trimmings and a piece of hide, you know, something for stick. them. Yeah, they want to stay there. They're going to stay with that, with that deer or whatever it is as you trail, because that helps out if you're running your dog off lead.
0: Do they mess with it's, it much when they get there? Or, I mean, they're just kind of sitting down and wait for you?
1: Uh, I have one dog that does not want to just sit there and wait. He, he's yeah. trying to get into it. Uh, but the other one, she'll just kind of chill out and lay there with it. That's and there's sev- there's several different um, training methods that you can do. But that's what, I, that's what I do, and it works for me. And it's simple. There's really not much to it at all. It's just the time putting into yeah. it. You, you've got to have the time on it.
0: So how are you, you're saying you use blood, like when you're butchering your deer, you mm-hmm. know, and you're saving that, how are you, uh, preserving that just for, a, for later use? Just a plastic
1: water bottle and put it in the freezer.
0: In the freezer, huh? Just mm-hmm. freeze it out. So when yep. you thaw that out, cause I've got a little dog here that I bought him. Well, I didn't buy him, but he gave him to me and it was originally, you know, I wanted him to run coyotes and jackrabbits mm-hmm. and whatever, but he's a. He's Beagle Whippet, American Pit Bull Terrier, and he's a funny little dog. You know, he's built like a Whippet, but he's definitely got the trail like mm-hmm. a Beagle. Like, I've had him run fox with me before, and I thought, man, I've lost one animal in my entire life that I could mm-hmm. not find, and I thought if I would have had a dog that knew what it was doing, i know that sucker was hit good, you mm-hmm. know. um, And I've thought about trying to train him to do some blood trailing. So mm-hmm. when you're doing that and you're freezing that that blood when you thaw it out, can you use it just one time or is it something you can throw back in the freezer and you know do work here, do work in a couple of weeks, whatever?
1: Yeah, you can keep on using it uh even if you know completely thaw it out, you can and as long as you don't use all of it, of course. Uh, it doesn't matter it might change the smell and like some of the I don't know, if you got scientific it might sure. change some of the things, some of the properties, but really as long as there is a smell for those dogs to follow, you're good. Really? I, I mean, yeah, I've used some dead rabbits that I've, that I've killed. I knew they had some, um, some blood coming out of them. So I used that, spray some blood on them, whatever, and let them trail it up. Hmm. It's, it's just learning how to use that nose. And as a bird dog, they want to use, they want to hunt mainly with their nose up in the air and their head up and mm-hmm. you know trying to just trying to catch wind of something so they have the they have all the tools just yeah. learning how to use it and then to to be able to use that tool effectively that that's nose needs deal. to be on the ground yeah because that's, that's where the scent's going to be it's not going to be a strong scent for them to, right whenever the time comes to trail one so you just got to know how to work it
0: you know that's funny because that's what we were talking with ron about um you know we were kind of touching on bird dogs and in relationship to hounds and how a bird dog is really they're locate dogs Mm -hmm. they're locating game they're not trailing game like they're smelling that scent cone or scent pollutant but it's it's based around the animal they're actually locating it so you're taking a dog that is i don't i don't even know how to explain it but you know they're running up on it they smell it they stop boom it's there there's Mm -hmm. no real trail work Where in my mind, honestly, I I was super ignorant to it. I figured, you know, they're running around. They smell a quail on the ground. They're going to go until that quail decides to hold up. And then they're going to stop instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, just stumbling on them. But I guess like when you were talking about pheasants in South Dakota and whatever, if you had a dog that was trailing them, you'd probably never get a shot, huh? Right. Because they just constantly bump them out in front. Yep
1: they would know to keep, they would just keep going, keep going. They wouldn't know when to stop exactly. Just tip, yeah. different types of dogs.
0: you know. Really? Yeah. So you're taking a dog that's, you know, all about, Hey, it's right here or in mm. this general area to, Hey, we're going to track this out. I what, what is a long deer trail other than like time wise, you know, a 24 hour old, are we talking 200 yards quarter yeah. mile? I mean, I mean, sometimes I mean,
1: it just, it kind of just differs as long, it depends on the shot really, but um on average, I don't know, most of the time that, that I get out there on them, they're at least a hundred yards and a long one is going to be you know, 300, 400, something like that. Yeah. It's really thick where I'm at. So if you don't find them within that, that distance, the odds are you probably won't, it might not be a fatal hit.
0: Right. Yeah. He's going to skip on out and live another day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, that yeah. happens. I mean, there's times that we haven't found them, but for the most part, we have found most of mine that, I, that I've went after. But uh just kind of all depends, you know. And I don't do it professionally, so there's going to be people out there that sure. definitely have better methods than me. It's what works for me. And I got what I do just for the buddies that I have here at hunting. If they get one down, I know I can go help them out. I, a lot of people, they'll yeah. – they do it for a job almost. They all travel all over the country to help people out.
0: Oh, yeah. No, so there's lots of them.
1: Yeah. So, like, on that 24-hour tracks, so like, I hunted that evening. The guy called me up and, uh, like, well, I have work the next day, so I can't, I can't come tomorrow, you know, something like that. Uh Yeah. And I definitely, I don't want to be one to get out of the deer stand.
0: <laughs> yeah, for right. Anyone,
1: <laughs> for any reason besides my own, so.
0: Yeah. No, that the blood trailing thing is something that, it It's always intrigued me. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I was never going to use one of my hounds to trail a, a wounded deer. Because that's just bad news. Then then you know you'd be all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so hearing now how you you have a differentiation there, right? You've got a check cord on. Mm-hmm. They're doing, I mean, really, it's a completely different job. It, it's completely different than hunting birds. Right. So that, that's really interesting to me.
1: Yeah. At the end of it, it's still following a scent though. Yeah. So it's just knowing how to work that scent.
0: Right. So for somebody like myself who has this dog, you know, obviously he knows how to trail. He can do it. Mm -hmm. What kind of tips, like, let's break it down. We've already talked about it, but introduce him to a short trail with a, you know you're saying a hot dog or or whatever that there's an instant reward at the end Mm -hmm. and then you're moving on to a blood trail now are you did you say you were using a hot dog at the end of that too or just a piece of hide like a little Uh, less gratification for the dog
1: on the more difficult ones like when i'm getting more serious on training i'll use just like bits of leftover deer meat from processing um and then, like I said, the most important one, I think, in my opinion, is getting that dog's nose on the ground, using that piece of the kibble in some thick grass, you know, tapping on a track. Yeah. Uh, that's the biggest one right there.
0: Well, and that's then, good for any, I think, any scent dog. Because I know I've done that with a bunch of my dogs in the past, and then I didn't do it with some of them. And it's proven to be frustrating.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: this little trigger dog I got, I'm talking about maybe blood trailing with. He was one of those from, you know, as soon as he was weaned. I just Mm -hmm. carry a kibble in my pocket and I drop one here. Oh yeah. Put his nose in it here. And and, you know, you could even when he's running loose and not listening to the wife or whatever, you go out there, Hey, here, here, here. He runs over and shoves his nose in it and takes a big old whiff and you just snack him up, you know? Yeah. But that is a great tip for any kind of sending dog. I think Mm -hmm. because it, I think it's a mental thing with them too. It's not just you're out looking for it. We're working as a team. I'm trying mm-hmm. to help you. Like, you need to understand when I call you and point, you need to come over and listen because I'm helping right.
1: you. Right, Yeah, I'm trying to put you on the right direction of it. And, you know, as far as having a reward at the end, is if they can have something to, for, I mean, just for a second. At the end of it, I want the reward to come from me. I want, you know, yeah. I, you're doing this for me. You're making me proud. And I'm going to come over. I'm going to love on you. And I'm going to get you in the house and treat you right to a good meal. So.
0: There you go. Well, awesome, man. That's a pretty good start for people, I think. And I know there's lots of other podcasts about blood trailing out there. There's some really good ones. Um, Yeah,
1: and there, you know, there's some stuff out there. I believe it's the United Blood Trackers Association. mm -hmm. They have a website, and I think they're big onto Facebook and Instagram. And there's there's resources out there for some from some people that really know their stuff and probably more knowledgeable than myself. You can check that out. And Uh I'm all I'm all about reading and trying to find tips to you know learn and try to be a better dog trainer
0: yeah you're pretty involved i mean beyond just the the du ambassador stuff you've done some other work for other places too
1: yeah a little bit yeah i've been a part of a few things i'm uh got a pretty cool quail hunt coming up with quail forever also so that's, i'm pretty go. excited about that
0: what are some of the other um other places that you've written for
1: uh it's written mainly just outdoor oklahoma yeah, yeah. hmm
0: heck yeah man and you've done some podcasts too right
1: mm-hmm. yeah i've been on a few podcasts with uh ringnecks and retrievers some guys from iowa they're big into
0: pheasant hunting and using using their
1: dogs and dog training uh, that's pretty fun to be on
0: oh man well again tell people where they can find you
1: yeah uh check me out at three rivers outdoors okay on instagram uh hope you enjoy pictures of myself and some dogs mainly the dogs
0: <laughs> right on <laughs> but, well hey really,
1: Got all, got all of my outdoors adventures on there. I'm all over the place. I do it all.
0: Yeah, all the time now too. You're looking at getting a coon hound. You're going to get a coonhound you're gonna be hunting twenty four seven.
1: That's right, that's the goal. Right on.
0: Well hey, thanks for coming back on with us. That yes, was sir, that was a lot of fun, it. Branson.
1: Yeah, hope to be back on.